Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, let the madness begin. As the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament gets underway, we break down the odds on the biggest wagering event of the year. Also this morning, this generation of women has made great strides in advancing their career opportunities, but perhaps surprisingly, the next generation may not be able to build on those achievements due to a lack of representation in middle management tiers that provide a pipeline for future leaders. We'll take a closer look at a new report. And happening around town, helping our neighbors with a little extra they need to get by. The annual Christian Clearinghouse Garage Sale is a treasure hunt with a higher purpose. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, March 14th, 2023. The big news uh, yesterday, and everybody was talking about this, uh, the financial markets reacted and uh, all of that to the uh, failure of uh, Silicon Valley Bank. is the biggest bank collapse, uh, SVB's downfall, the largest U.S. bank collapse since 2008. And uh, so a lot of investors uh, losing money, depositors in Silicon Valley Bank, they're going to be protected uh, says the uh, president, says the FDIC, no problem there. Don't worry, your money is safe. Uh, investors, on the other hand, they uh, are in shakier ground, obviously. Um, and there's concern that this is going to trigger fears and you know, Wall Street was down and financial stocks took a beating yesterday and so on and so forth. But this has not been a bad thing for everyone. That's right. Not everyone uh, is losing money here. Some people are actually making money. Since the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank just days ago, uh, corporate merchandise for SVB has been popping up on eBay. <laughs> Suddenly, all of those free things that they hand out, the, the, the coffee mugs and the Silicon Valley Bank shirts and hats and tumblers and even a... Silicon Valley Bank cardboard box have turned up on eBay. Uh, the box selling for over $200 as of yesterday. Um, one alleged former employee is selling their Silicon Valley Bank coffee mug for 30 bucks. So <laughs> all of this promotional merchandise has now become uh, collectible. Uh, the uh, seller writes, I am utterly shocked by what has happened, and I ex am extremely concerned about the future. Buying this mug would help me out, but also get you a piece of history to one of the fastest banking failures in U.S. history. So, <laughs> if you want to own a piece of history, uh, you just head to eBay and you can get all of your Silicon Valley Bank swag they are selling. So, at least somebody's uh, cashing in on this whole thing. So today begins March Madness. The first of the first four games uh, begin tonight. So there are two first four round games today, two more uh, tomorrow, and then the tournament begins with the first round, the traditional first round uh, on Thursday. And uh, you know what this would be a good time of the year for? A vasectomy. <laughs> it's true. Uh, the... Gloucestershire Hospital's NHS Foundation Trust uh, examined data from more than 94,000 vasectomies performed between 2006-2021 found that only 0.12% of men experienced any significant pain as a result. Really? Only one-tenth of one percent? <laughs> well, chronic pain. Uh, it's, there's definitely some pain there, but it goes away in most cases, 99.9% of the time. Uh, Julian Peacock, the Gloucestershire Hospital's NHF, uh, NHS Foundation Trust, says vasectomy is a very reliable and safe contraception method, uh, and this figure uh, would encourage even more men to undergo the procedure. Demand for surgery typically increases, typically increases during March Madness, because it is the perfect time, they say, to relax at home <laughs> and stay on the couch and still have something to do while you're recovering. 
So <laughs> if there was ever a time, <laughs> there, there you go. It's a big time for vasectomies, apparently. <laughs> I did not know that. But uh, I guess it does make sense on some level. So, <laughs> And it definitely gives you an excuse for lounging around and watching all of the basketball you can possibly watch. So there you go. And you get a little time off work because, uh, you know, most places uh, frown on people because now you can watch online, you can... You know, watch the games pretty much anywhere. Most workplaces, though, frown on such things. However, maybe not in Illinois moving forward. Illinois will become one of three states that will require employers to offer paid time off for any reason. Governor J.B. Pritzker signed a law yesterday that will take effect next year. So it's no good for this year's March Madness, but next year. According to, this is a report in the Associated Press, beginning January 1st, Illinois employers must offer workers paid time off based on hours worked with no need for an employee to explain the reason for their absence, as long as they provide notice in accordance with reasonable employer standards. So, <laughs> they've got to pay. This is basically uh, unlimited time off, isn't it? Well, I guess it it does it does say it's based on the hours worked. So the number of days off would be based on the hours worked. Um, Maine and Nevada are the other two states that mandate earned paid time off and allot employees the freedom to decide how to use it. But Illinois, the law in Illinois is even further reaching unencumbered by limits based on business size. So every business has to have the similarly similarly structured regulations that required employers to offer paid sick leave exist in 14 states and Washington, D.C., but workers can only use that for health-related reasons. So this guarantees time off. Guarantees time off for whatever reason you want. So in Illinois, at least next year, you'll be able to tell the boss, I'm not coming in because it's March Madness. That's watch the games and it's perfectly legal or will be as of the first of the year a couple of other uh, items among the first things you need to know this morning mexico's president i kid you not yesterday mexico's president said that his country is safer than the united states <laughs> pushing back against u.s critics of his security record following a deadly kidnapping earlier this month near the border that claimed the lives of two americans President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, who has threatened to urge Mexican-Americans not to vote for Republican candidates if they continue their criticism, I'm sure they're shaking in their boots, uh, rejected U.S. official security warnings that depict much of Mexico as a risky place to visit. Well, gee whiz, uh, it's just been a few days ago that two Americans <laughs> were killed by Mexican drug cartels in a case of mistaken identity. And he's pushing back that Mexico is not a risky place to visit. Mexico, he says, is safer than the United States. Okay, show of hands. How many people are buying that? Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, <laughs> the president told uh, reporters when questioned about uh, the warnings at a news conference, there's no problem with traveling safely around Mexico. Well, there's a little problem. <laughs> there's a little problem. Um, president Obrador said American tourists and Mexicans living in the U.S. were aware of how safe the country is and put into a recent rise in Americans residing in Mexico, which is true. Uh, there are a number of Mexicans who are living in Mexico, or a number of Americans who have moved to Mexico, basically lower cost of living, especially retirees. If you can you know, find a, a villa uh, in a coastal resort town or something, and the resort's are generally pretty safe because they want to protect the tourists. It's everywhere else in the country. That, but anyway, um, last year did see a sharp jump in uh, U.S. tourists visiting Mexico. But again, there's a big difference between the resort uh, places and uh, you know everywhere else in Mexico. Mexico is safer than the United States. <laughs> 
man, that'll be the day. When when Mexico is safer than the U.S., then we are really in trouble, you know? I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, and how about this? Uh, something to think about as you're waking up to start your day, just dragging yourself out of bed. Do you sleep alone even if you have a partner? A new survey of 2,000 U.S. adults revealed that 49% of those who live with someone else would be willing to try sleeping in a separate bed. The average cohabitating person gets less than four good nights sleep per week, with the main disruptors being tossing and turning, stealing the covers, (laughs) one, one person sleeping with the TV on, and the other... Uh, being disrupted by that snoring uh, and sleeping with the lights on. Apparently, in some households, some one person wants to sleep with the lights on, the other doesn't. I don't know. Um, in any event, uh, let's see here. So 49% of those who live cohabitate with a partner would be willing to try sleeping in a separate bed. For those who are looking to optimize co-sleeping, it's important to work with your partner to commit to good sleep habits, including regular sleep and wake times and minimizing light before bedtime. This is according to a sleep expert with Sirtis Simmons Bedding. So it's interesting, the uh, survey commissioned by Sirtis Simmons Bedding, I think, I think they're just trying to sell more mattresses. If you can get... If you can get couples to sleep in separate beds, you can sell twice as many mattresses. That's, I think we've discovered what's really going on here. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started. This is ONN. I'm Kate Burdett on the Ohio News Network. The right to have an abortion is one step closer to being put on the November ballot in Ohio. ONN's Lindsay Mills reports. The five-member ballot board unanimously approved to allow the proposed measure to move forward. The decision certified the measure was one issue instead of multiple. The amendment would protect abortion rights until the point when a fetus is viable. Now, organizers will have to gather enough signatures to get the measure on the ballot. They have until July 5th to submit at least 413,000. Ohio has enacted a six-week abortion ban, but the law is currently blocked in court. Three groups, Ohioans for Reproductive Freedom, Protect Choice Ohio, and Ohio Physicians for Reproductive Rights are behind the push. I'm Lindsay Mills. Some scary moments yesterday for students and staff at Toledo Public's Birmingham Elementary School. Melissa Andrews with ONN affiliate WTOL-TV has more. TPS says a bomb threat was called into the school. Students were evacuated and parents picked them up. The district says police searched the building and found nothing. All students and staff are safe, but call police if you have any information. I'm Melissa Andrews. And parts of the state are waking up to wintry weather conditions causing slippery roads and school delays. Some counties in eastern and central Ohio were briefly placed under a level one snow emergency. For more state news, visit onnradio.com. I'm Kate Burdett on the Ohio News Network. So let the madness begin. The first four round tips off tonight in Dayton ahead of the full first round games later this week. And while the Super Bowl is the biggest single day event for sports wagering, the NCAA men's basketball tournament with its 67 games over three weeks rakes in more money and more bets than anything else in sports. And so with that in mind, Matt Shook is with us once again, Senior Content Manager at PlayOhio.com. And Matt, how much money are we talking about here that's going to be wagered over the course of the tournament? Yeah, it's huge. Like you said, the biggest single event, you know, if you add all the March Madness Division One men's basketball tournament together, it, it outpaces the Super Bowl. The American Gaming Association is saying that $15.5 billion will be wagered on the tournament, and that's 68 million Americans wow. taking part in the action. So yeah. plenty of betting. I, I, uh, I saw a stat from, I think it was NBC News. They said that uh, with all of the states that have now legalized sports gambling, including Ohio, of course, this would be the first year that more money is actually wagered legally than illegally on March Madness. 
Yep, yep, it's a great point. And more and more states continue to add it on. Massachusetts is actually the latest one. I know Ohio is very new to the market, but actually Massachusetts went live with online sports betting on Friday. So they're kind of the new kid on the block right <laughs> wow. now. So plenty, plenty of states. 33 states have some form of legal uh, uh, legal sports betting right now, plus Washington, D.C. So obviously with a single game event like the Super Bowl, wagering is fairly straightforward. But here with all of the games, all of the teams, I would guess that there are probably dozens of ways of wagering, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look at any of the apps that we have at Play Ohio that are featured, I mean, you've got you get your single games, right? You can bet on the spread. You can bet on the money line. You can bet on the total. You can bet futures bets on who's going to win each each region, who's going to win uh, the tournament, obviously. So there's all sorts of different ways uh, to, to lay bets down, and, and folks are going to find some of those ways. You can parlay individual games, um, just uh, you know, props based on the amount of points scored by certain players, things like that. So all sorts of different ways to get action done. So, uh, so what do first-timers need to know? Again, since this is the first time that Ohioans can wager legally on the tournament, I'll ask the same question I did when we were talking about the Super Bowl. Where's a good place to start for those who want to maybe dip their toes in with a small wager, and what should those less experienced individuals maybe avoid betting on? Yeah, if you don't have the sports betting app yet, I mean, I would. it's a good time to do it because they're offering good sign-up bonuses right now. So if you go to Play Ohio, we got them all listed there in terms of the ones that are legal and regulated and, of course, the ones that offer the best bonuses. So you go there, you click through that, and you, and you get your sports book. And, then, and that's how you, know, you can have a risk-free bet for your first one. I know we're not using the term uh, free because it's uh, they're calling them bonus bets now in right. Ohio. Is it's the way to uh, characterize exactly what they are. So you get those bonus bets when you sign up and, and make your deposit. And then, like you said, you can. It's easy to find um, each game on the uh, the interfaces of each of the operators there. And uh, and and let's say you know Xavier and Kent State being the the two Ohio teams playing this weekend, mm-hmm. you find those games and you and you you think about whether you want to bet against the spread, the money line and uh, choose your amount, make sure you got everything the way you want it to go. They're, they're pretty intuitive. They're pretty user-friendly apps. Uh, but again, all the information on how to find that and some of the things that you might need to know in terms of the terms and, and some of the things that inexperienced sports bettors might want might not know right away is uh, can be found pretty easily on uh, Play Ohio. Now, uh, most folks be used to the idea of filling out a bracket. Maybe we do that at our work uh, workplace pool. Does it, it? It doesn't work quite that way with a a sports betting app, right? Right. Yeah. You'd have. I mean, basically, you're betting on games or futures bets. Now, some of the operators also do have uh, some bracket contests as well. DraftKings is one of them where you can enter into a you know a million dollar bracket contest to win that one. So, uh, yeah, DraftKings. There's a hundred dollar entry fee for the one that that you can win more than. $1.25 million uh, divided up amongst the prize pool. So some of them are, because like you said, everyone's familiar with filling out those brackets in the office pools. So the sports betting apps are kind of trying to go towards some of the things. We also saw that in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but they're trying to get into the football squares that everyone knows about. From, yeah. from So yeah, they're trying to lean into what people know. Same thing with football and fantasy football and same game parlays. So they're trying to meet people in the middle. But yeah, traditional sports betting is betting on a game and deciding who's going to win that game. Now, obviously, what makes the tournament fun is the fact that there's always at least one team that goes on this Cinderella run, knocks off somebody that no one expects. Now, I know it has only happened once that a 16 seed has knocked off a number one. It's only a handful of times where a 15 has knocked off a number two. And conversely, the nine versus eight seed matchups are almost a bit of a toss-up. But other than those situations, if we are filling out a bracket, historically, where do the most upsets come from? Yeah, it seems like the the 12 versus 5 seems to be the one that, that hits the most. And some of those 12 seeds have, have found their way to the uh, to the Sweet 16 in a lot of years, too. So I think that that's one to look at. But I got to tell you, Chris, I from college basketball this year, um, we saw that, you know, the, the consensus number one coming into the season was North Carolina, right? They made the finals last year. Right. They didn't even make the tournament this year. Yeah. And it seems like every Saturday, you know, an, a record amount of, of ranked teams went down. So if there's any year 
that you might want to pick some upsets, whether that's on your sports betting app or your bracket. This might be the year to do that. Of course, the danger is you pick an upset. You even pick them to go to the Sweet 16. The upset doesn't happen. Everyone in your pool has that three seed going to the Sweet 16, and you miss out on those points. Of course, that's the the danger in that thing. But you know, I'm looking at a team like Kent State, uh, a 13 seed against Indiana. Big Ten pretty shaky this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be a chance for some upsets. I, I would also say maybe look for your conference that you like that you follow it a little bit, that you think is strong. I know the Big 12 and SEC were very strong this year. Maybe those teams make more runs. They they outplay their seeds. So uh, there's there's risks and rewards out there. But, yeah, that 12 versus 5 is usually one to look at. So uh, you mentioned the uh, the Big 10. Um, let's start there because I think most uh, folks in, in our area are probably following the Big 10 uh, closer than just about any other conference. Uh, of the teams that are in the tournament – which ones do the odds makers seem to, uh, to be highest on? I got to think Purdue. Yeah, I mean, Purdue's a number one seed. They had the resounding victory in the, the Big Ten tournament. So, yeah, I mean, but but Purdue's had their struggles, right? right. In the uh, in March Madness, Matt Painter's teams don't seem to uh, live up to their seeds sometimes, but this is always, always a chance that this could be the year. Uh, of course, anytime you talk about March, you know Tom Izzo is going to be included. This is 25 straight times that Michigan State – has made the NCAA tournament. They're a seven seed. They're certainly not as strong as some of the teams that he's having had in the past. So they're a seven seed that's going to be overvalued um, by odds makers. So maybe if you uh, want to pick the upset or not the upset, yeah, the upset of USC as a number ten seed to knock them off, that could be good value there. As Michigan State might be a little overinflated in some of the odds. Other ones look at you know Illinois as a nine seed against Arkansas. Arkansas has got a couple of NBA type of players and sometimes. Some people haven't been watching a lot of college basketball. We'll check those NBA type of players and maybe bet on them to make runs in the tournament. Well, sometimes some of those NBA players are already looking ahead to the NBA draft mm. and aren't invested in some of their college team success uh, as as some of the other you know senior-led type of teams. So I would look for Illinois to possibly get out of that 9-8 matchup. Of course, Kansas in the second round is going to be tough. But, yeah, I mean, the Big Ten – uh, certainly not a strong year, but anytime, you know, they got eight teams in, in the dance this year. Of course, Ohio State not being one of them, but right. a lot of strong teams to pick from that, that could make runs. And like I said, a wide open year where we might have some surprises in the final four. Now, you mentioned that there are a handful of teams that you typically think of uh, when it comes to March as being in the big dance that aren't there. You mentioned uh, North Carolina. Michigan is uh, your Michigan Wolverines are uh, going to the uh, NIT instead. Does anybody bet on the NIT? You can, you certainly can. <laughs> I mean, it seems like Michigan, you know, gets in there, they'll attract a little bit more betting interest. But yeah, I mean, certainly the it's all about March Madness these days, and the NCAA tournament is that. And and you know, I'll, I'll add too that it seems like it's time. I, I find myself watching the women's tournament more and more every year. Uh, Caitlin Clark, if you hadn't had a chance to watch her for Iowa yet this year, of course, uh, South Carolina going wire to wire as the number one team in the country. Aaliyah Boston from the Virgin Islands, where I used to live is someone who I always root for as well. So a lot of good uh, basketball to be found uh, on the women's side as well. And, of course, the uh, Lady Buckeyes are in the big dance on the uh, women's side. So uh, point that out as well. Again, uh, Matt Shook is with us, Senior Content Manager, PlayOhio.com, talking all things March Madness getting underway. This is the best week of the year. Matt, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Anytime, Chris. Well, of course, uh, March is Women's History Month. We had International Women's Day uh, just in the past week, and we're coming off of uh, Black History Month. And we'll tie all of these things together, talking about issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace. Um, This is obviously at the forefront of the national conversation these days, and more women are breaking through to uh, top leadership uh, positions, but these achievements are overshadowed by the fact that women remain underrepresented in the middle management tiers. And that jeopardizes the prospects for a healthy pipeline of women leaders in the future. We are joined this morning by Kitty Cheney Reed, Vice President, Chief Leadership, Culture and Inclusion Officer at IBM. Kitty, what does this roadmap look like? for progress that will be sustainable for women moving forward. We're doing better now, 
but what does the future hold? Thank you for, for asking me, Chris. I think there are four things that are critical to sustainability of our, our female pipeline. The first thing is actually declaring gender equity a business priority. It may sound simple, but lots of companies don't give equal footing to this as a business priority. They don't treat it like revenue or profitability goals. So that's number one. And number one brings us very quickly to number two, which is accountability. So having accountability in um, our frameworks in our, and in our systems. So at IBM, for example, our accountability mechanism is a diversity modifier that actually um, impacts compensation and bonuses. But what better way to hold people accountable? And then the third one is putting plans in action to drive gender equity across the full leadership pipeline. So as you might imagine at IBM, technical talent is so important to us. So we put this program in place a few years back around IBM Pathways. So it's women in technical roles. So about 800 of them have been touched by this program. We, we, we educate them, we sponsor them, we mentor them, we wrap a support um, framework around them. And about 190 of the 800 women have progressed to senior level roles. Um, and then the very last thing um, I'll wrap up with is re redesigning roles at the top that work for top talent. Um, you know, advancement is not just about having more seats at the table for women. It's about reexamining leadership posi positions and systems um, that actually enable women to be successful in those roles. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's really important. So those are the four components. You talk about what your company, IBM, is doing to strengthen the leadership pipeline, that pipeline for women. Um, what about accountability? Uh, obviously, the best laid plans really don't mean a whole lot unless there is some level of accountability. What does that look like? Yeah, so if you go back to um, our point number two around accountability to your to 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 your question, we we actually define goals and objectives for ourselves around kind of eleven accountability metrics, and we say to folks, um, if we meet these objectives, there's a financial benefit to you. If we don't meet these objectives, then you know there's there's a demerit, mm -hmm. and then. You know, if we stay, if we stay flat, then nobody wins. Um, so for us, it's really building those into our systems and weaving them into the goals and objectives we want to achieve. I think that's what accountability, accountability looks like um, from one dimension. And the other one is, is more personal. It's, it's about changing the culture. So that people actually care and understand um, the reasons for for diversity being a mandate, um, an imperative, and that's just around good business. Um, you know, companies that that are more diverse make more money, um, and they're more profitable. The reason I ask about that is that kind of leads to the next question. What can other employers do then, you know, building on what you have learned through your company and through this program uh, that, that you have established uh, at, at IBM, what then can employers, other employers kind of uh, take away to support uh, female employees and attract female employees and work toward uh, gender equity in these leadership and even middle management roles? Yeah, I think especially for middle management, one of the things a lot of companies have in place are what we call business resource groups. Some folks call them affinity groups. But I think this is a game changer um, when done properly. Uh, we have 65 business resource groups for women around the world at IBM. And what we've seen is, you know, women are powerful force to be reckoned with. 
So when you actually give them license to, 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 and you empower them to make changes themselves, you can see real changes in the culture. You can see real traction in the middle management pipeline. And our BRGs are focused on educating women um, and also mentoring and sponsoring women um, to those um, next level up roles and really making sure that they have the support mechanisms to be successful once they land in those jobs. Um, you know, we, we often talk about influence. We often talk about um, empowerment. BRGs bring that to life. Um, we fund our BRGs. We, um, we actually have formal mechanisms in place to engage with them. Um, and, and I think it's something any company can implement very easily and see a huge impact in, um, and how things move forward once those are implemented. So scaling that to whatever size company we're talking about here, and I, I guess the bottom line is just being very intentional about it. I want to underscore something that you mentioned uh, real quickly and give you the, the chance to kind of emphasize this again. You talk about company culture being a key factor in helping to advance the careers of women. Um, again, being very intentional about that culture. Yes. Culture is, is something that I think is often overlooked. Um, culture starts, conversely, people think culture starts at the top, but I actually believe that cultures are built from the bottom up. Behaviors um, make culture. Um, and when you combine behaviors with purpose and values, then you have an amazing outcome. And so I do believe that starting at the groundswell, at the bottom, and enabling those people, you know, that are on the front lines to um, define culture and then reinforcing that culture uh, from a leadership perspective gives us a great place to meet in the middle. Um, and for us, the way we foster and continue to foster that those, those aspects of culture is really by modeling the right behavior, um, putting people in front of our employees that actually model the behaviors around inclusiveness and diversity and equity uh, from the senior ranks so that they can see that, yes, we do believe what we, we do practice what we preach. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, we're committed. Again, Kitty Cheney-Reed is Vice President, Chief Leadership, Culture, and Inclusion Officer at IBM. You actually have a study on all of this. Where do folks get more information about the uh, IBM Women in Leadership study and maybe uh, glean some of these resources for their own uh, workplace? I'm so glad you asked. IBM.com. And then once you're there, Look for women-leadership-2023. You can find this year's study along with prior year's study um, and lots of valuable information. Kitty Cheney-Reed, thanks very much for joining us this morning. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. A California man can thank GPS technology for landing him in jail over the weekend. Uh, this is all kinds of awesome ingenuity uh, by law enforcement. Deputies with the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department responded to a burglary call on Sunday. A suspect had taken off with a backpack that had a pair of headphones in it. it as it happened, the headphones had GPS tracking capabilities. <laughs> I'm sure that the thief did not realize this, but deputies were led to the exact location uh, of the headphones and the suspect, uh, they located both in a parking lot in Chino Hills where the man was placed under arrest. <laughs> and he was probably wondering, what the heck happened? How did they find me? <laughs> Boy, I tell you what, it is technology is just making it impossible to be a thief these days. I mean, doggone it anyway. <laughs> uh, let's see. Elsewhere... Speaking of uh, dumb criminals, I this is hard to believe. 
a previously convicted felon in Maryland is now facing the prospect of spending the rest of his life in prison after a fight over juice boxes. A judge handed Courtney Butler a life sentence for attempted first-degree murder following an attack on another inmate. Guards say Mr. Butler and the other man were fighting over a juice box. Now, Mr. Butler was already looking at 35 years in prison for a robbery and a previous weapons conviction. Uh, The victim of the attack survived. But he's now going to spend the rest of his life in prison over a uh, juice box. Where would we be without dumb criminals? The broken news. From the international file, the broken news, an English couple was rendered speechless when they discovered that their nine-year-old daughter's snowman didn't fall over on its own. It was attacked by a man. Um, apparently, this uh, area of the UK, uh, where this happened, I'm not sure exactly where in the UK, but it's not an area that gets a lot of snow, typically. This year, however, they have enjoyed... Uh, some rare snowfalls, and kids naturally built things like snowmen and snow forts and all of that. But the couple in, oh, here it says, in Dudley, England. Again, I don't know specifically where that is, but the uh, couple in Dudley, England, says that they were robbed of watching their daughter's creation melt on its own naturally after a strange man was caught on camera attacking her snowman. Uh, The doorbell camera caught the footage which they shared uh, finds the uh, man, this man actually parked his car on the other side of the street, walked over to their property, kicked the snowman hard enough to send it flying, <laughs> then returned to his car and left. <laughs> what did the snowman ever do to you? Uh, man, come on, man. The unidentified dad uh, tells local news reporters it's weird that it annoys him so much that he had to stop and pull over. I know it's only a snowman, but to come up onto someone's lawn, it's just not right. Uh, it had already started to lean over. The kids were looking forward to it melting, you know, naturally. Um, you know, it's the circle of life for a snowman. As for mom, she says the man was mean and horrible, adding that his actions have upset her child. Uh, both mom and dad hope the man is identified. I don't know that he actually committed any crime. Well, trespassing, maybe. I guess they could charge him with trespassing, but uh, I don't know that assault on a snowman is necessarily a crime, even in England. But that's just wrong. Uh, let's see here. I, was, I mean, I'm ready for spring just like everybody, but to attack some poor child snowman, that's just wrong. Um, speaking of... People doing things that are just wrong. A Chicago man is taking Buffalo Wild Wings to court. Did you hear about this? Apparently, this guy, um, uh, let me see here, Eamon Halem is his name, uh, claims that the chain's signature boneless wings are, in fact, chicken nuggets. That's just a, they're not boneless wings, they're just chicken nuggets. In his class action suit, Mr. Halem says he was horrified to discover the wings he had purchased back in January were made of deep-fried chicken breast meat. Had Mr. Halem known that the products are not chicken wings, he would not have purchased them, or he would have paid significantly less for them, according to the attorney. Filed the suit. As a result, the lawsuit goes on to say, Mr. Halem suffered a financial injury as a result of the defendant's false and deceptive conduct. <laughs> Did anyone, I mean, let's be honest. I've said this before. I mean, boneless wings, just a fancy name for chicken nuggets, basically. Is there anybody who didn't know that <laughs> boneless wings were basically basically nuggets? I mean, <laughs> do they have boneless chicken farms? Something like that? That's a far side cartoon, isn't it? The boneless chicken farm? Anyway, we'll see if that lawsuit goes anywhere. I have a feeling probably not. Uh, we'll know if boneless chicken wings disappear from the menu and are replaced by, you know, chicken nuggets. Uh, let's see here. Speaking of uh, chickens and other birds, uh, wildlife rescuers in Britain 
said the search for a bird believed to be trapped inside the wall of a home uh, was revealed to be a Harry Potter toy. <laughs> Here's the story. Uh, Cleethorpe's Wildlife Rescue said in a Facebook post that volunteers were dispatched when a resident in Lincolnshire reported bird sounds were coming from the inside of their wall at their home. There was no obvious entry point that the resident could find, so it was a mystery how any bird would have found its way into the cavity inside the wall. But they couldn't get it out any other way, so they had to cut open. As a matter of fact, uh, they couldn't find the bird. They couldn't locate the bird. When the rescuers uh, showed up, the bird rescue people, the wildlife rescue people showed up, they couldn't find the uh, bird initially. Uh, and so they left. Then the bird noises came back, so the rescuers came back. They eventually cut open the wall on the uh, second response and discovered that the cause of the bird sounds appeared to be a child's stuffed toy that was that was making noise inside the now how the toy got inside the wall is still a mystery but it wasn't a trapped bird at all <laughs> and finally in the broken news this morning this is a story that'll leave a smile on your face this is the way to end the broken news A pair of lovebirds tied the knot in their 80s after they fell for each other on an internet dating site. 85-year-old Tricia Shaw admitted admitted that uh, when she first saw 82-year-old Ian's photo, she was smitten at first sight. She's 85, he's 82. Tricia calls Ian her boy toy. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Ian felt that there was just something about her. She was smitten immediately. He felt that there was just something about her and had to accept her offer of meeting up. Um, Trisha, who had previously met four other potential suitors online, said she was left wobbly at the knees when she first tucked into a, uh, when she first had dinner with him. The couple who now live together went ahead with their wedding in February after Ian was diagnosed with heart disease and needed a risky bypass operation. So, not going to let anything, you know, why waste the moment? And they went ahead and got hitched and lived happily ever after. Isn't that awesome? Congratulations to uh, Trisha and Ian. That is all kinds of awesome right there. That is today's Broken News Report, an update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Finley's Andy Ritz on becoming a Finley Rotarian. After 35 years working as a pediatrician in Finley, I wanted to give back to the community, but not at my job, but as a service that would reach many people. The best way to do this was for me to join Finley Rotary, and that's what I did in February of 2022. To become part of an organization that brings together business, professional leaders to provide community service and advance goodwill, contact Findlay Rotary at FindlayRotary.org and click on join. This message provided by WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives for the first time, the first time ever, more Americans favor legal cannabis over legal cigarettes. According to a new poll from the CDC, 59% say they support legalizing marijuana. 57% are in favor of banning tobacco products. First time in history that that pendulum has swung in that direction. 21 states in Washington, D.C. have legalized cannabis for recreational use. Only four states consider weed consumption fully illegal. Tobacco use, meanwhile, has declined since being connected to cancer in the 1960s, steadily declined since. The U.S. cannabis industry, already worth $26.1 billion and is on track to be worth $44.5 billion in the next four years. Which, of course, states are taxing and uh, turned into a source of revenue, which may be one reason why so many people are in favor of legalizing marijuana, but uh, interesting the way our mindset toward these vices 
has changed over the years. So happening around town this weekend, it is the annual Christian Clearinghouse Garage Sale, a treasure hunt with a higher purpose. And Tammy Stahl, Christian Clearinghouse, is with us uh, this morning. Uh, that's really kind of the, the basic idea behind the uh, garage sale, right? You know, absolutely. Um, you know, all the proceeds that we make from this event um, go back to the agency to be able to help people here in Hancock County. And, you know, with food prices being up so much. And then the food food assistance programs, the dollars, you know, being cut. Um, we sure have a lot of need for food. Yeah. And then, you know, there's other needs too. People are behind on their rent and uh, utilities. So that's what All we do. All of that stuff All is that. going up. Uh, gas prices, you know, just it's it seems like one thing after another. It's tough on everybody. And if you're living paycheck to paycheck or even not quite paycheck to paycheck, if you're in that situation where there's more month at the end of the money, uh, this can be a real Right. And we, I call that the downward spiral. Yeah. So you have one emergency, you have a car repair, mm, or you yeah. miss a couple of days of work because your child was sick yeah. or, you know, whatever. It can just put you into a, a downward spin that is almost impossible mm-hmm. to get out of. So we see that a lot. We see some really sad stories and we're just happy that we can be here to help people and make a difference when they're struggling. Yeah. Just that little extra that sometimes people need to get by. Right. Just, absolutely. Yeah. And we are an emergency agency. We're yeah. su- we need to see it's a threat of systemic health. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's just that emergency need. That's right. And there sure is a lot of it out there. Now, uh, Christian Clearinghouse, for those who don't know the history, Christian Clearinghouse came into being as sort of a uh, conglomeration or a, a cooperative effort, a number of, of churches who got together and said, hey, we can do more good in the community together than we can do individually. Absolutely. So um, now we're at 59 participating congregations. 59, wow. 59. And um, we have, you know, great support. Our churches used to support us 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, the needs are too many. So we look right. for other ways to be able to raise funds to be able to help um, with the, the needs here in the community. Hence the garage sale fundraiser. Absolutely. And absolutely. that is happening this weekend. Right? It is. So on Thursday night, we still have a couple tickets available for the pre-sale event. I was going to ask about that, the Velvet Chandelier. The event. Velvet Chandelier. And we have some really great <laughs> snacks that will be out there. We're going to have some. No, 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 no. Hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres. Yes. There you go. Garage sale hors d'oeuvres. There you, don't you find go. Those very often. No, 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 no. But we we've got some <laughs> shrimp. Uh, we got some shrimp cocktail out oh, there, wow. and, okay. and we're going to have some. I don't know. We've got some really good ideas on some little snacky hors d'oeuvres, <laughs> and um, so that's fifty dollars. And again, uh, fifty dollars to get in is just strictly a donation for us to be able mm-hmm. to use back in the community, and gives you the opportunity to shop without the crowd of people right. and um, get first dibs and get first dibs. That's yep. right, get first dibs. There's so much stuff out there, so just don't think that everything's going to be picked over if you come on saturday so there is so much stuff uh we were we had you in here last month when you opened up the uh, donations window and obviously the community responded what uh can you give us a preview of some of the treasures that yes uh, absolutely you know there's all kind of things um out there there's everything from sporting goods to household to dishes there's a lot of vintage stuff that's out there okay um there's unique things out there. Um, there is a, it was a, it's a lamp and it's got this um, Asian doll that rotates on a platform. It's really kind of unique. So if you're looking, everybody needs one of these. And if not, Absolutely. You, you will know, be the only one in the world with one. We, believe me. We laugh about these things, but, and we've talked about this in the past. It's amazing. Everything sells. I mean, not it, everything sells, but I mean, a lot of this stuff. Uh, yeah, you, it really, you look really at and you say, sells. Who would want this? But somebody will. Somebody yeah, will. you know, and it, it's unique. If you like unique and 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 kind of crazy things, this is a, this is definitely a talking piece. Um, <laughs> so there's only one out there. So if you're really interested, come out and see what <laughs> well, it's all there's about. There's a reason to get the uh, tickets for the Velvet Chandelier event right there. Yes, because you yes. would have first dibs at that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but but, um, you know, and we laugh at some of the things that we find. Um, it's like there's just, 
you know, all kind of stuff out there. Anything that's ever been in a house mm-hmm. that's ever been purchased, <laughs> yeah. uh, we have it. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is we really, we've got great volunteers out there and we really go through things. So we try to get things cleaned up. Um, so things that have been sitting in an attic for years, we right. wipe the dust off of them. Please wash them if you're taking yeah. them home. But a lot of uh, a lot of practical stuff out there. Again, we talk about some of the uh, fun stuff and unique items and quirky stuff, but a lot of practical stuff too. Absolutely. And if you have a uh, kid going off to college or something like that, oh yeah, great place to pick up a set of dishes or you know uh, a chair, you know, just things like that that they can use in mm-hmm. their uh, you know first time apartment. Yeah. Um. So there's just Lots and lots of great things. There's kids' items. There's um, lots of books for the readers. Um, there's tons and tons of books out there. Um, you linens, mentioned puzzles. Puzzles. There's tons of puzzles. Yeah. I think when COVID was here, everybody was doing puzzles. So yeah. we've had... We have tables of puzzles out there. Puzzles and books are things that uh, I had somebody say to me once, uh, a book is never used until you've read it. And puzzles are the same way. It's not Ab- It's not used until you've done it. You Absolutely. Know. And you know, I borrowed a puzzle. Well, actually I paid for it, but I'm taking it back. It was a popcorn puzzle. And I challenge you to find this popcorn <laughs> puzzle because it was a lot harder to put together than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> but it was it fun. Entertained for hours. <laughs> yes, there. yes, So uh, the garage sale fundraiser is happening when? We mentioned the Velvet Chandelier event is what? Thursday Thursday? evening. And those tickets are available um, at the greenhouse or the office, or you can go online at Mm cchsupport.org, go to the, um, the pay, the donate now link and just put velvet chandelier and I'll have those tickets for you at the door. Okay. Um, The actual sale is Saturday from eight 30 to four. And that's at Brinkman's Mm -hmm. in the greenhouse. greenhouse, And Mark is going to be cooking whole sausage and um, hamburgers at Mm. lunchtime. Mm. And then again, on Sunday from uh, 1 to 4, and that's our bargain day, our bag day. So for $10, you can fill a bag, or um, we will bargain with you on the other prices of things. And there will still be a lot of things left. So, you know, come both days and, you know, see what you can find. Uh, We do thank the Brinkman's family and and Brinkman's for allowing us to do this. Um, I figure we're about 20 years in. I've been at Christian Clearinghouse 15 years, so I have 16 garage sales in. <laughs> and um, so it's been going on longer than I was there. Yeah. So I don't have an exact date when that started. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they've always been great supporters, as you mentioned. Uh, kudos to the volunteers who, for oh, the past yes. month, have helped make this happen, collecting yeah, the donations. Yeah, about six weeks. <laughs> yeah, this is not just a, a weekend event for no, the volunteers. No, it so. takes many, many yeah. hours to set that up, and it still will take hours to tear it down also (laughs) so um, we're thankful for the community and appreciate all the great items people have brought to us and uh, we hope you will all come out and shop and support and see what we're all about and um, know that the work we're doing is goes back to the people in Hancock County like we said a a treasure hunt with a higher purpose Christian Clearinghouse's garage sale is coming up this weekend we have a link up on our webpage for more information on it. And uh, Tammy Stahl, Christian Clearinghouse, thanks very much for dropping by. Thank you very much. Have a great day. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. As always, remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage. That is goodmornings.net. So be sure to drop by and visit us on our, our little corner of the World Wide Web. Coming up tomorrow on the program from fledgling animation studio to global entertainment empire, Disney is celebrating 100 years of making magic. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.